Join Edwin Frondozo on the Business Leadership Podcast every week for a unique program featuring insights and actionable items from the world's most successful business leaders. Hear firsthand the exclusive interviews and personal journeys on how today's transformational leaders made it to the top. If there's if there's a couple things I really want to share is to always forever remain open and flexible. Mm-hmm. You know, don't ever get stuck, you know, be open to switching hats, switching contexts, unblock people around you, you know, recognize that, you know, no leader has a monopoly on great ideas. It's the people around us that make us. This is the Business Leadership Podcast and I'm your host, Edwin Frondoso. Welcome. How are you doing today? How's How's your day going? Thank you for taking the time to join me today. This is episode number 83, and my guest today is Thomas Jankowski, the Chief Digital and Growth Officer at CoinSquare, Canada's premier platform for buying and trading Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other cryptocurrencies. Prior to joining CoinSquare, he served as Chief Digital Officer at both Flight Network and Post Media, the latter while also serving as Executive Vice President. In his career so far, Thomas has worked in almost every major area of marketing, data analytics, and IT. In our conversation, Tom explains his unique thoughts about cryptocurrency revolutionizing the payment system and more. He shares a strategy that he used to lead Flight Network's successful international expansion. Lastly, tips on how to empower your team, encourage creative thinking, and guidance versus mentorship. This episode is brought to you by BizOn, an online marketplace where people can buy, sell, and grow businesses or franchises. The Business Leadership Podcast is a friend of the ITWC Podcast Network and supported by our media partner, IT World Canada. Now, here we go. Welcome to the Business Leadership Podcast, Tom. Hey, it's my pleasure to see you. Yeah, awesome. Well, first off, thank you. I know you're super busy, and I really appreciate the time that you're taking to to join us. But uh, Tom, why don't we start off by introducing yourself to our listeners? Tell us a little bit something about who is Tom, and what does Tom like to do when he's not growing or or leading businesses? Sure. Um, so I'm currently the Chief Digital and Growth Officer at CoinSquare. Mm-hmm. Um, a position that I've held a couple of times before. Um, it's a position that um, ends up uh, having me wear multiple hats, usually of a, as a head of technology, product, marketing, growth, sales. Um, here I actually do all of these things. And yes, it can be demanding at times and it uh, can be uh, busy at times, but you know it makes uh, life really fun and uh, it never allows you to be bored. And uh, in my downtime, I mean, I do a number of things. I think there's very few hobbies which are alien to me. But uh, I think the ones that come to mind is uh, definitely reading. I'm an insanely voracious reader, and I usually do around 60 to 80 books a year. And I go sailing whenever I can to just wind down and, you know, stare into the space and think 100 years out. Oh, very cool. I mean, those are those those are two things that... that- 
I aspire to. I mean, I do read a lot, but uh, 60, 80 books is is almost you're you're almost at two a week there, uh, Tom. Uh, amazing feat. I, I really, I really, I really strive to do that type of things. But uh, sailing never got into it yet. But uh, I know I have a lot of friends and colleagues who go sailing, so I need to. I definitely want to get into it more. Um, this, why don't we actually just jump in? I know you mentioned CoinSquare. Why don't you tell the listeners, for those who may not know what CoinSquare is, what is CoinSquare? Let us know what you – I mean, you did mention your current roles and your sponsors, but perhaps if you'd like to share what your current goals are uh, personally, I mean professionally within the organization uh, over the next, let's say, 6 to 12 months. Um, sure. So CoinSquare is uh, currently – Canada's leading uh, cryptocurrency exchange that's uh, leading the path to become a 21st century financial institution. And while we began as an exchange, we are standing up multiple new lines of business. We've recently launched first ever ETFs on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Um, We have a licensing division that allows our technology to be licensed by anyone else in the world. And um, we have licensees already in Japan, Abu Dhabi, and several other places. Um, we're now also in the midst of uh, launching into Europe, which by Q4 will give us a new uh, geographic area to play in. Uh, we're really trying to position ourselves as a trusted place for all things um, crypto, for all things digital currency, because we really believe that this space is just the tip of the iceberg and we want to be part of the wave that will just unravel across the world in the next few months. Um, In terms of my goals here, it is uh, all very much growth centric. So growth vertically and horizontally across geographies, across different product lines, um, stand up a few more lines of business while maintaining the foundation that's, you know, that we've built in principle. And that's a foundation of, trust and reliability and wanting to be regulated and working within the ecosystem, not trying to disrupt it uh, further than it has to. I think those are the key things I want to accomplish in the next few months. I mean, it's amazing. I know for myself personally, I I am, I am a tech entrepreneur, so I do follow a lot of uh, what CoinSquare is doing. So I'm super excited to see uh, were you and the organization take it, but maybe for the benefits of the listeners who who may be hearing about cryptocurrency, I mean, they're hearing it more obviously, but maybe still don't know what cryptocurrency is, Tom. Can you just give us maybe an elevator pitch or a quick brief on, on what it is and, and why it's really important right now? So there's a number of different ways of thinking about cryptocurrency. The Pitch I try to tell people varies quite a bit from what you will hear from most others. I simply see cryptocurrencies or digital currencies as the inevitable progression or evolution of our payment system. Mm-hmm. When you think, let's say, 100 years back, you know, why we switched from the gold standard to fiat to paper currency or why we initially switched from literally using gold coins and, you know, replace them with coins that were only partly made of precious metals, mm-hmm. all of that facilitated a number of things. All of that facilitate, facilitated things like fraud, speed of transaction, and scale of transaction. Mm-hmm. And cryptocurrencies really do the same thing. You know, all we're trying to do is make things which we've, you know, come to call standard, which is speed of information in the age of internet, 
apply across the payment systems as well. You know, why do you have to wait a number of days for a transaction to settle where, let's say, it takes you three seconds to get an article out of Google? Literally, it should be the same thing, and it's doable. We just have to get there in terms of people buying in. And, you know, when, when, when the gold standard was abandoned, um, you know, back in the day, some people also put up their backs and said, well, never in a million years, right? And look at what happened, you know, literally within a couple of decades, you know, fiat, you know, paper money became a thing and it has allowed, you know, economies to uh, really prosper. Um, you know, I think we're going to the same thing with crypto. You know, it, you know, it's unfathomable that it should take days for things to happen across jurisdictions mm-hmm. or that it should take, you know, $50 for a payment, you know, to make it to someone else across the world for something like $50 if you do it through Western Union or even, you know, the $10 you pay to PayPal. You know, I can do a payment of almost any amount of money to someone else anywhere in the world on the on any of the blockchains for literally cents on the transaction. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more that can be done with this. The fact that, you know, uh, Ledger is really... Um, well, the blockchain ledger is simply a you know a triple entry accounting helps with uh, making transaction records 100% immutable. So a huge percentile of potential fraud issues uh, also go away. There is a myriad of things that can be solved with uh, digital currencies that are impossible yet right now, or at least incredibly inefficient. I'm really looking forward to see where this all goes and and keep up the good work and obviously let us know how things change as well and if there's anything we'd like to do to share. I just wanted to change speeds a little, Tom. And, you know, looking at your career, it seems over the last five, 10 years, you've held a lot of executive roles, specifically in, in digital marketing. I'd love it if you could share with us um, some key decisions. Typically, maybe there are difficult decisions that you had to make that eventually allowed you to grow into the business leader you are today? Um, sure. I think, you know, it all comes down to the pace at which the world is changing nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, crypto being the perfect example. But even prior to crypto, when you think about um, major movements that shook the world in the last couple of decades, you know, you think about something like Agile. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been in a number of organizations where you know, just trying to implement Agile was not just difficult from an operational standpoint, but it was uh, very difficult to get people thinking in a different way where you don't have, let's say, the comfort that comes with knowing everything up front and having a year to do it, but working with minimal requirements, being pushed to deliver something, you know, that famous MVP a week or two out mm-hmm. and getting comfortable with stuff like this. And, you know, there's been a number of, t- number of times where I had to literally, you know, handhold people day in, day out, weeks and weeks in, weeks out, um, just getting them used to working within these new frameworks. And, you know, some have flourished and found that it was absolutely liberating. And others have, uh, you know, never really embraced it, never saw the light, if you will. <laughs> So, you know, I, I think, you know, what enables what enables me today and what enabled me in the past to become a better leader mm-hmm. is uh, keeping that 100% uh, 
open mind. And uh, it doesn't say, that doesn't mean that, you know, we have to embrace every single new shiny thing that comes out. Right. But at least being on that lookout, you know, seeing that some things do help certain organizations. Okay, well, maybe it's no longer a fad. Let's take a closer look. Oh, you know what? There's a few more use cases um, that play into a, you know, a strength of a certain framework. Well, let's see if that can be adapted. Maybe not taken at face value. Maybe it needs to be integrated differently into an ecosystem where it, you know however it makes sense but still keeping an open eye changing gears pivoting you know literally on a weekly or monthly basis sometimes switching gears quickly allowing yourself to fail fast um, as often as possible but also learning from these failures so that your next pivot has a better chance of succeeding i think these are things that are really really key and the world is changing faster and faster. You know, you'll, you'll hear that cliche that, you know, the only constant is change. And I think that's never been more true than today. And it will never be more true than a year from now where, you know, uh, things like crypto and AI will make decision uh, changes, you know, automated for so many mundane tasks. So I think being, you know, being at the edge of the changing nature of workplaces and the work we do really helps you become better as a leader. Right. And, and what's really interesting, something that you were saying was the fact that, um, you know, whether it was cryptocurrency or agile development, you've been in positions where not only you had to have an open mind, but maybe the stakeholders or your team members all had to have an open mind. Do you remember a particular success where you had to not only convince the stakeholders, whether it's internal stakeholders or external stakeholders, which is you're probably doing a lot now, and also the team members? And and what was the one thing that you said or that you found looking back really was able to rally up the troops? There is a number of uh, of uh, instances I can think of, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, I do remember one conversation um, back when I was at uh, Flight Network as its uh, chief digital officer as well. And, you know, I was having a hallway conversation with the CEO. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've really pushed him on on thinking bigger than the vision at the time of the company. And I was pressing for international expansion, international expansion done lightly, quickly, very differently than... Expedia or Booking.com have done in the past, taking this, taking this agile methodology from development into marketing, into uh, you know expanding internationally, going very light, very quick, doing a bit of a market penetration, learning, you know, um, and going through iterations. And initially, you know, there was this uh, this this belief that this cannot be done on a shoestring, that you know. Um, if you if you look at you know like marketing one on one, you know they will say that yeah x amount of money has to be devoted to brand building etc before subsequent things can happen etc. Right. I said you know let's let's throw away the playbook. Let's see what happens. Let's <laughs> just keep an open mind. Go in very light. Let's um, invest as little as is humanly possible to you know give us this comfort that we're not sinking the ship while trying to sail into new waters. And uh, and it took you know. A couple of weeks of convincing various players that we should be shooting for the moon and seeing what happens in this in a journey 
but uh, but then we did. Um, we did, uh, you know, go for this massive international expansion that over 18 months allowed us to enter almost 34 markets. Wow. And by and large, it was a massive success and the fastest entry to this large market ever performed by a travel company. So, you know, a huge win, but, you know, it couldn't have happened if people didn't try to keep an open mind, didn't try to buy into the vision, um, and didn't have that vision constantly reiterated to them, despite some, you know, minor pivots we had to do along the way. Right. And and it's almost what you just had mentioned, uh, Tom, was, uh, was just feeling fast, like, understand what you want to do. And go do it and, and adjust along the way. And, and, and that, that's an amazing, amazing story. Thank you for sharing that. I had not, I had no idea that uh, Flight Network had grown that fast. And perhaps you may have been that one spark behind it all that got it in there. Um, as, as I talk to amazing business leaders like yourself, I'm always curious to know, Tom, is there anything that you do personally that has enabled you to adjust and continually grow? as an effective leader throughout your career? I think the path towards becoming an effective leader varies for a lot of people. And it is a factor of your own personality, um, Mm -hmm. a bit of chance and, you know, just, you know, certain personal ethic. The, you know, the things that have worked for me are a factor of that. So I consider myself a human information sponge. I tell people to talk to me, to talk at me, to send me anything they feel is worthy of reading and i listen all the time Mm -hmm. even when it feels like i'm context switching and you know working on my mobile or something else i'm listening um it's always 80 percent attention given to the surroundings 20 percent to what i'm trying to do if i'm multitasking but uh, you know by and large i think listening to others and you know supplementing that with constant, constant learning is a huge part of what's contributed to my success. Um, you know, I think at the, at the end, we have to abandon our own, e- our own egos. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have to recognize as, you know, as leaders, as emerging leaders, as middle managers, even eventually executives, that there's plenty of people out there smarter than us. So, you know, the, the best thing we can do is to really move out of the way, enable people who are smarter unblock everything in their paths and keep on iterating on that. It's really that simple. Hey, biz leaders, I hope you're enjoying the conversation that I'm having with Thomas. If you like the conversations that you're hearing or have any specific questions, please, please join me on my free private Facebook group where I share my daily insights, answer your questions and connect you with other like-minded business leaders. Go to thebusinessleadership.com slash FB group or search for the Business Leadership Group directly in Facebook. Now let's get back to it. CoinSquare is growing quite a bit uh, over the last couple of years now, um, Tom. And as organizations get larger, typically, and, and what people think is that there's a tendency for it to become an institution or to dampen the inspiration. How do you and perhaps your executive team keep this from happening right now? So there's a number of initiatives at hand which uh, prevent this from happening um, both, um, you know, top to bottom and uh, bottom up. Uh, We have made 
unbelievable investments in our people experience team. Um, you know, for, for a group of 150 scale up employees, I think we have about seven people and people experience. Wow. And they keep us agile. They keep us entertained. They keep us happy. They always invent ways of um, allowing people to bond, whether it's, you know, whether it's yoga, retreats, um, you know, all kinds of clubs, etc. There are ways of interacting with, you know, on a many-to-many basis, literally at least three times a week, um, which keeps people de-siloed um, and also emotionally attuned to each other, which I think is very important. The other way in which uh, we are preventing us from becoming too corporate too early <laughs> is uh, just by shaking things up, you know. Um, that thing I just mentioned, you know, unblocking people. You know, I like to empower people as often um, and, you know, as much as I can. And if they end up breaking something while trying to own something, that's okay too. It becomes people more vested. It becomes, um, it makes them, you know, have that, owner mentality around projects um, and it allows people to just kind of combine into these pods or tribes on a project basis that is very spontaneous and it reminds me of let's say like early days of zappos or something like that right and you know what and i think we'll end up investing in efforts like this to allow people to just move around not have assigned seating you know just combine forces on projects you know work on at least um, a portion of what they feel really passionate about for as long as possible to maintain this culture of a late stage startup scale up right uh, no that's super important and there were a couple of words you've been you know, been mentioning and it's a little resonating with me is as a, as a business leader, you know, you, you were talking about listening, getting out of the way, how to empower and asking, asking the folks. So I'm wondering if there's any specific thing that you do that encourages your team or the organization around you to encourage the creative thinking within your group or even the entire organization. So, that's a that's an interesting question. Um, I think it's something we try to do as part of our daily routine on an ongoing basis. There isn't, let's say, you know, a set aside time in my calendar. It's called you know a creative powwow with my team, mm -hmm. but more of a more of a conversational style of all teams, where let's say you know someone, whether it's me in the room or someone else will almost often assume the role of a devil's advocate and, and question, you know, our path, question biases. And sometimes it's, you know, even when I give out the directions, you know, very light directions for team to absorb, I will ask them, you know, if, if they see a bias in my own directions, mm -hmm. if they think we should be going about something differently. You know, I tell people to find mistakes and loopholes in my own thinking the way I do in there is so that we keep on poking at each other and basically pushing ourselves to be better constantly. The way we are iterating on projects and ideas should be the way we think about our own day-to-day -day behavior and also iterate on that so that we become just better versions of ourselves professionally and personally. Now, oh, that's great. And uh, it's really important to invite that feedback to folks in your team because sometimes they may want to give you that feedback, right, Tom? But perhaps they might be um, quote unquote scared because you're the boss, right? So I, I love the fact that you uh, you allow them or you invite them to poke the holes or look for the biases 
within within your direction, right? And that's a, that's that's a really important lesson and and something that uh, actually I was just writing down that uh, <laughs> as you spoke that. So that was really great. Um, Tom, can you name a person who had a tremendous impact on you as a business leader? It could be anyone. It could be someone in someone you worked with, someone you read about or read their story, perhaps a mentor. You know what? I, In principle, I do not believe in the idea of mentors, and it's a personal preference. I think, uh, you know, I think inviting a mentor can lead to, to too much of a hero worship, mm-hmm. and then we tend to just, you know, idolize such characters, and, you know, if they ever fall off pedestals, you know, there's always room for failure of an epic proportion. <laughs> um, I like to think of uh, of being guided on individual topics or stages of my life by ideas or by people. And you know what? I've been just phenomenally lucky in encountering fantastic people along the way who just supported my slightly unorthodox way about thinking about life. So, you know, whether it's, you know, just teachers at some point in my life, I've had phenomenal teachers that basically pushed me to, you know, pursue things outside of, data science and outside of computer science that will just make me more of a renaissance man. And I think that's paid off um, in the long term. I've had, you know, excellent bosses that I've oftentimes completely disagreed with, (laughs) um, but have pushed me to consider things very differently and to not even think outside the box, but to simply broaden the box I play with all the time. And, you know, and it never was that single person kind of, you know, stood the test of time. You know, when I think about the great minds of our times, you know, the the Bezoses, the Musks, whatnot, you know, I see some great things that they have brought to the landscape. You know, I look at Musk, I'm like, oh, here's a here's a person that, you know, plays the long game really well and is and is pushing, you know, um, the humanity's reach in a certain way that's, you know, really Amazing. You know, I think about Bezos all the time and about his, you know, his um, insistence on that, you know, three pager to basically frame any idea. And I think that's that was a great way of starting the, you know, of of maybe wrapping and the principle of like MVP around. And, you know, and and there's plenty of thinkers, you know, when I, you know, I think about the same way, you know, I think about, let's say Ray Dalio and, you know, um, his, 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 his way of thinking about embracing empathy and listening at work. And sure, it's a bit of guidance, right? But I also think about great writers like Borges on, you know, that, you know, just make me always think about, you know what, there's never just a box and a way of thinking outside the box. Mm -hmm. There's a box outside a box outside the box. And there's never an impossibility if you truly put your mind to something. So, you know, I, I get very much inspired by thoughts and ideas more so than people as a whole. No, that's great answer, Tom, and I uh, really appreciate that. And and it almost rolls into what, what I wanted to ask next. And now knowing that you read so much, um, I know what your answer is. Uh, I mean, my question for those listening is, is if, if you're reading anything and your answer is yes, but is there anything that you've re- read recently, whether it's le- uh, maybe it's leadership or inspirational book that, uh, that, that you'd love to share with us and what the key takeaways were? You know, to me, the, the you know, the last few books I've read that, you know, or reread, because in some cases I just reread books, mm-hmm. any type of an intro book to design thinking, I think, I think should be on every leader's reading list 
just because it makes you think of ideas and the way ideas become products very differently from the status quo. So design thinking, just, you know, think, have more of that UX mindset when thinking about building stuff. It may feel a kind of Apple-ish, but it's still a great intro. When I think about, you know, working in the day-to-day startup ecosystem, I think, you know, there is no great intro to how to be an effective leader than, you know, reading anything on Radical Condor. Mm-hmm. I think it's a framework that is uh, very direct and that works really well at startups and scale-ups, not always in corporate environments, but that's a different conversation. Sure. Um, and, you know, there's plenty of other things, you know, just, just yesterday, I started rereading Information Art Architecture for the Web, a book that really started its life in like 1998. And the latest edition is, you know, t- 2015. Mm-hmm. And it just talks about how to build data blocks for anything web-centric as you start thinking about SEO and such. And I thought, well, you know what? This is actually, you know, something I would put into the hands of any chief digital officer in the world as a must read because it's so fundamental to just about everything we do, regardless of the marketing stack we play with. And I can just keep on going down this path. You know, I was was rereading Borges, you know, whom I've mentioned before. And, you know, and, uh, you know, reading Borges is, you know, is this mix of just, you know, stepping into the world of, you know, not quite science fiction, but just this alternate reality where, you know, there's always a different ending to a story than you'd ever come to expect. And, you know, it just, you know, really reiterates that point that, you know, nothing is impossible, especially with the right vision. That's so. No, that's great. Thank you so much. And uh, definitely going to have to email you and give me the, some of the list there so we could share it with the listeners because there was quite a number there. And even for me, I haven't read a number of the ones that you mentioned. So thank you for that. Um, Tom, fun question I'd like to ask on the podcast. If I were to ask any of your your team members, it could be past or present, colleagues, peers, business partners, What's the best leadership quality that Tom possess? What do you think they would say? I think most people consider me insanely interdisciplinary. And whatever the word they choose, whether it's polymath or interdisciplinary, they just they just admit that, you know, I like to think and read just about everything. And, you know, whether it's how to improve nutrients within soil or, you know, chaos theory 101 or, you know, the latest marketing stack, um, development or politics, I like to be informed about, about everything. And, you know, people rely on me for that as much as I do like to be that. Yeah, well, so you're well-educated, well-rounded, it sounds like. You're almost, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it, like a renaissance man. I, You know what? Uh, that's, of, that's something I've always strived for. I think it helps in very unusual ways in our day-to-day lives as a leader. And it also allows us to both understand people, perspectives, and the world around us in a slightly different light than most. I love it. Um, Tom, what else is going on? Do you have any other special projects, initiatives? Or it could be anything fun that, that you're super excited for, and maybe maybe you're losing sleep over it. well you know there's so many things happening in this entire blockchain space um that i'm excited about you know i I think about you know what's happening to history about the fact that blockchain will allow us to finally maintain history as it happens without it being rewritten Mm -hmm. there's a lot of really cool stuff that's happening you know in the crypto sphere 
Um, like in, in China, you have courts allowing blockchain-based evidence to be admitted in court, and it's evidence that cannot be ever changed. Wow. Um, really, really cool stuff. There's, you know, amazing stuff happening in the realm of uh, quantum computing, which I think will once again change the world in a decade or two when it's finally here. There's some projects I dabble in which uh, which revolve around uh, augmented reality, which I think will also change this space forever when they're a bit more mature. And, you know, Google Glass was an early indication of this, but, you know, the world is changing. And the moment this technology launches, we will never recognize it for what it was once. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of cool stuff happening out there in the world of technology. And, you know, all I can say is, you know, if you have kids, please, please, please <laughs> send them for some sort of STEM-based uh, education because it will just pave the road for them forever. 100%. Uh, before we end, Tom, any final thoughts, observations? Ideally, what we like to share is some type of actionable recommendations that you could give to the growing business leaders who may be listening today. Uh, you know what? I think, you know, if there's if there's a couple things I really want to share is to always forever remain open and flexible. Mm-hmm. You know, don't ever get stuck. You know, be open to switching hats, switching contexts, unblock people around you. You know, recognize that you know no leader has a monopoly on great ideas. It's the people around us that make us. And you know what? We can win sometimes, and it is about winning on average. But you know, enable people around you and recognize them for what they are because. It's standing on the shoulder of giants who are really people around us, the everyday people that, you know, makes us better leaders. And that's the only thing that, you know, needs to happen. Keep your own ego in check. Great. To close, Tom, can you share where we could find more information about you, CoinSquare, or anything else you'd like to share with us today? Well, I do most of my personal networking on LinkedIn, so you can find me there easily enough. Mm -hmm. In terms of CoinSquare, you know, I think um, there is no other company poised for more growth in this space in Canada right now. And, you know, we're launching into Europe in the next, you know, 45 to 60 days. We'll be launching into the U.S. in the new year. We're launching new lines of business. This is where the future is 100%. Watch us, watch our press releases, get in touch with us. I am always looking for smart people that want to be part of this journey. And this will be unlike any other journey you've seen. Thank you for that, Tom. Thank you for joining us on the Business Leadership Podcast. Thanks, Edwin. It was my pleasure. That's it, Biz Leaders. Thank you for joining me on the Business Leadership Podcast, episode number 83 with Thomas Jalvowski. If you want to learn more about Thomas, CoinSquare, or anything else that we discuss, please go to thebusinessleadership.com slash 083. This episode is brought to you by BizOn, an online marketplace where people can buy, sell, and grow businesses or franchises. The Business Leadership Podcast is a friend of the ITWC Podcast Network and supported by our media partners at IT World Canada. Please join my free private Facebook group called the Business Leadership Group where I share insights, answer your questions, and connect you with other like-minded business leaders. And if you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to the podcast on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcast today. Thank you. Edwin signing off. Thank you for listening to the Business Leadership Podcast at thebusinessleadership.com. Help me.